right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the Fightonomics podcast from downtown Toronto. Yes, sir. Young and Bloor. I'm here with Daniel Youssef. Yes, sir. And I'm here with Damien as well. We're back at it, ladies and gents, after so taking a month two, off. Yeah, we got a bit of a month off here. But I think there's about three three to four main topics I think we can definitely dive into. There's some big M- MMA events, the first being the trade between 1FC and the UFC. Ben Askren coming over to the UFC like Hulk Hogan joining NWO. By God! And then we got... Uh, we got UFC 230 DC versus Derek Lewis and the fallout after that and some sideline stories coming out. And then probably the third is the most recent U- UFC 25th anniversary show. Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez's last second uh, KO. And we also got Donald the Cowboy Cerrone, the most UFC finishes of all time and the most UFC wins. But I think just for timeline's sake and... Just to go back and dive in, I think we should definitely jump right into the trade between UFC and 1FC. Ben Askren, Mighty Mouse. 1FC coming what's going, in hot. What's going on with the flyweight division? Do you want to kick off your thoughts on it? Yeah, I like that there's trades now in MMA. It makes things more interesting for the fans because it's like it's – I've always like wondered if, if like in the fight game if there could be something like a trade because you always see like fighters – uh, they're not happy with their contract situation because the UFC really like this. Is, the the UFC is not like the most perfect fighting uh, like brand because there's a bunch of, of of guys that complain about it and girls of course. So when things don't go their way and they feel like they they deserve more, like uh, I remember like like Musasi, Musasi is a star in uh, in MMA. And then he felt like the UFC is not doing what what they could to make him a bigger star. So he's like, I'm going to go to Bellator and become the biggest thing there. And he saw the fight with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Roy, yeah. Roy McDonald. And he demolished them. And now he's he's getting the – it's obviously – like Bellator is not like UFC, but he's getting the recognition that he deserves. And I believe, like, if there's trades, it's going to make things even better because if, like, one – fighter is not it's it's is not happy with uh one promotion and then let's say another fighter is not gonna be happy with the other promotion then they can just be like okay let's trade our guys and that's it yeah i think i think with musasi yeah it was a little bit easier for him because he was a free agent but i also think yeah but it is a good example he wasn't happy obviously he thought you know maybe he should have got a title shot he shot he thought maybe you know my pay should be a little bit higher so he went over to bellator he had the relationship with scott coker from bellator who's the uh now president CEO of uh, Bellator running the promotion. So I kind of see that that there. There's also like another aspect too where now I think we can get into it soon. I don't want to jump too ahead, but like what's going to go down with the flyweights now? And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about too because yeah. I, I'm all for trades in MMA. I think like Yusuf said, it's such a great thing to be happening in this sport. But the implications of it is just that what happens to the 125-pound division now I mean, we have T.J. Dillashaw coming out saying that he was just paid a t- uh, buckets of cash just to go kill the division. And there are rumors that are going on right now, now that Mighty Mouse is left to go to 1FC. It's just that, um, okay, you're one of the all-time greatest martial arts is now, uh, artists is now gone. Where does that leave Henry Cejudo and the rest of the division? It's just like, are we really going to be seeing a bunch of um, flyweights 
keeping their jobs and whatnot, keeping their their life's work essentially, or is it just going to be a select few 125 pounders moving up to bantamweight to challenge Dillashaw and the rest just get canned? I mean, I practice martial arts all the time. I'm I I, I practice at uh, 125 pounds myself. If I were to ever compete one day. I would like to know that my my assurance in that division is strong and I would be able to compete in a division like that. Uh, and because you do see that a lot of the smaller guys do have talents that's worthwhile. Oh, yeah, that, for sure. Um, and it would be sad to see a bunch of those um, talents just get let go just because nobody has, like, a perceived interest in the smaller guys. Yeah, I definitely... See, there's two sides for me where I because i'm kind of in the middle within regards to the trade and everything i love the fact like yusuf was saying about how trades can happen now because i think there's a lot of interesting things that can happen like i saw one thing online somebody suggested and i can't remember i think it was fight topics some fight instagram account fan instagram account that i follow where they suggested maybe a trade of cody garbrandt for aaron pico from bellator and i'm like hmm, that's a pretty interesting idea the fact that these trades can come about wow. And that guys that are unhappy can leave instead of like Yusuf was using the example of Musasi, a guy who was a free agent and was unhappy, easier to leave and became a bigger star than a guy who's there. Now for Mighty Mouse came to came to light that it was his idea of proposing the trade. And he says it doesn't hurt to ask. So he ended up coming with the proponent of a trade. So you can say, yeah, he was unhappy. Now in regards to the division, see for me personally, if the... If the um sorry if the UFC if the UFC wants to get rid of the flyweight division and uh, and sort of move on from it, I can kind of see their point in doing that because honestly there isn't a sort of a how do I put this a sort of like I see where they're coming from that the, the numbers weren't there that the market wasn't there for the flyweights now do I think they sold the flyweights properly? Not necessarily, like, and effectively, not necessarily. I don't think they marketed and and sort of sort of um, promoted the flyweights in an, an effective way. I think they could have done a better job, and I kind of see why they sort of would want to might move on, especially with Mighty Mouse. So Mighty Mouse is the, the cream of the crop of the division, and other than Mighty Mouse, Sergio Pettis... Henry Cejudo, and, like, you can kind of... You can throw in Ray, Ray Borg in there. Ray I, Borg, I like guess. Wilson Reyes. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's not much... Wilson Reyes with an asterisk. Yeah, like, there's even not much of a... That's, so that's and what I, I get, mean. And it, I get that. But there's also that, no... And I don't mean this in any offense or disrespect, in the women's divisions as well. Like, I mean, you have Thug Rose, you have Joanna, you have Cyborg, you have Amanda Nunes, and you have a couple young up-and-coming, like Macy Barber from Saturday, which we can get into, and Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. But other than that... I mean, there's not a lot, and Holly Holmes and stuff, but there's not, like, deep, deep, like, we can name 12 probably lightweight fighters that might be in line. We have, like, Ayala Quinta, so we don't necessarily have deep divisions. And so I can boy Benil. And Benil. boy Benil Daraj. But Sh I just shout out Benil. I just want to see, like, your opinion. Like, what do you think? Do you think the UFC could have done a better well, job? Well, yeah, like, I mean, like, because, you, because you like, uh, like, what you said, I completely agree up upon, because, like, the numbers just weren't there how many times Mighty Mouse pull off these amazing finishes, whether it was like the last minute submission or uh, a freaking like like arm uh, suplex into an arm bar. Like he was a fantastic, I think he was a fantastic talent. But uh, again, I as a, as a martial artist, 
purist who just likes to see the best of the best perform. I could I couldn't care less about the entertainment aspect of it. It's fun to see now every now and again. I mean, like you got your McGregor's and you got your your you had your Michael Bisping's and whatnot who would bring the trash talk to the show. But like from a martial artist purist perspective, like that's what I I want to see the greatest competing against each other, and. I don't care if you're like 125 pounds or if you're you're 170 or if you're 205. Like if you have talent, I want to see you fight against the best in your division. The only thing that I would say is if they scrap the flyweight division, that's like that's their career job. So what are they gonna do after that? Well, they really they got they've already started making excuse me they've already started making cuts uh, in regards to some of the guys that they don't want to keep. They aren't really giving they're giving some of the fighters that they want an option to move up to Bantamweight or the option of, I guess, they would have to release them Probably because one I don't know how the contract is worded. Some people's contracts are worded differently than others. Some people, you know what I mean? There's certain stipulations in the contract that aren't made public. So I don't know personally. But in regards to that, yeah, I do think it's kind of unfair for the flyweights. But like I said, I'm kind of caught in the middle. I don't really have like a definitive kind of uh, point and 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 thought process in t- in terms of what the UFC and who's right and wrong should do right like i don't to me i'm i can kind of see why they would get rid of the flyweights mighty mouse is gone now i mean there's nothing left in in the division the biggest fight to make in that division was henry sugudo versus mighty mouse the trilogy fight yeah that fight is now gone so i mean for me what what fight out there is the fight to make that's, that's going to bring in and i don't like talking like this i don't like suggesting things of this nature but that's going to bring in some sort of interest. Because if it's going to be Henry Suhudo versus Wilson Hayes, I'm not going to really be... I'm going to tune in as a fan, but I'm not going to really be interested. That's not the fights that I think are going to be able to to sort of even... like. We're, I mean, we're doing 130,000 pay-per-view buys like we were talking about in the first episode with Tillman Woodley. What are we going to do with Suhudo and and Wilson Reyes or yeah. Sergio, you know, Sergio Pettis? Or even who I really love, Joseph Benavides, who's another guy at flyweight. That's you know, now he might have to move up to bantamweight. What about what about the welterweight division now, with Ben Askren? That now we can. That's what I mean. So now we have a guy coming in and Ben Askren undefeated, undefeated, calling everybody out, talking a whole bunch of. He's you got know, the mic. Uh, he's got the mic skills. That's for sure. Exactly. And, and, and Twitter, you know, he's not going too Twitter personal. Fingers. Like we talked again, going back to the first episode. Not going too personal, coming after people's families. He's just coming after their sole the fact of their ability, right? The fight game, exactly. He's coming after their fighting, saying till can't nothing, wrestle. It's nothing. It's it's nothing personal. It's and just now he, rumor is is he's going to fight Robbie Lawler, which I think is a good fight for him to start off. It's a, it's a name guy. It's a guy you know casual yeah. fans will recognize. It's a killer of a fighter, a guy who's had multiple times. Former a, champ. A former champion, a guy who. Legend you know, has been game. nominated for fights of the year. His, him and his fight with Rory that we both saw, Damien, can arguably be the greatest fight in UFC well, history. You can make that argument. That so was definitely my favorite fight of all time. Watching that live with Marcus, um, what was it, four years ago, I think? Yeah. Four years ago um, on the on the uh, McGregor-Aldo card, it was just one of the most three or greatest. Three years ago. Yeah, yeah one of the three. most bloodthirsty, but just... <laughs> It just showed heart and grit between two warriors, and uh, yeah, he's had a bit a bit of a slump, and he uh, came back and he uh, faced Woodley. But again, I think going up against Askren, the one guy that Askren didn't call out, I think that's pretty. Uh, that's yeah, uh, that's pretty interesting. So it's definitely going to be a great fight. Yeah, that's like I said. I, I mean, now you have on one hand. 
Like you just said, you have one hand, okay, the flyweights might be leaving. And then you have on the other hand, this new guy coming in, Ben Askren. And like Joe Rogan brought up on his podcast, fans were cheering. Fans recognized. He was a recognizable star now. Yeah, man. Coming in Hulk Hogan, NWO style. So, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens co- going forward with the trades and everything that happens. But, I mean, he was there at 2.30, which we can get into next. And it was a big response. But just kind of to wrap up the, the sort of flyweight discussion and and the trade discussion, it really is like, uh, I wouldn't say mind-boggling, but it, it really is hard to kind of come up with a definitive answer of what to do with the flyweights for me personally. But honestly, like I, I know you got, I know per- personally, Damien, you think they should keep them. But for me, I mean, like, without Mighty Mouse, mm-hmm. I mean, he built that division. He really the did. The UFC mm-hmm. put all their eggs into his basket, kind of. Now, they didn't do a great job of selling him, marketing him, yeah. per se. But, I mean, they really... They really, he really did build the division. It was him, and then everybody else. And at the end of the day, I mean, like Mighty Mouse is like, like he's just really happy with where he is going. I mean, the Asian market for at One FC is going to take him in with open arms anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Mighty Mouse is really losing out on anything at all. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I get that we're looking at it from a business perspective as well. Yeah. B- uh, from a business promotion, and the numbers got to be there. And if they're not, then looks like we got to can you. I'm just like I'm thinking it from the perspective of the guy is that I just hope that's by some and even connor mentioned this back um i think he tweeted against uh the one of c president yeah, was it he said that they had to pick yeah, him up and exactly so even connor mcgregor is thinking of it from a fighter perspective give these guys a chance but if the numbers aren't there and the business perspective um just doesn't pan out then you got to do what you got to do and i mean like I, i'm just happy for mighty mouse and hey we get ben askren too so yeah i mean i kind of agree too and, and that's the thing that's where i think this is a great point you make, and that's where I think my sort of um, my sort of being on the fence is, my sort of uh, conflict is within myself, is that on one hand, I don't like thinking about the sport in a business sense. I like thinking about it as what I talked about before, you know, fighting, honor, respect, dignity. But on the other hand, I guess you got to find that balance between spectacle and sport, right? And that's the thing is, like, I want to see flyweights do good. I want to see them still hanging around. But I mean, with just Henry Zuluto, there's no market for it. There's no market for it. I can, I, for me personally, I'm sort of on leaning on the side of scrapping division, just for the sole fact of that there isn't really out like fights out there to make. Besides, maybe that's like, clearly the you division. know Sergio Pettis already announced even before they decided to scrap the division or rumors of them scrapping the division that he's moving up to 135. So I mean, you you don't have a lot of contenders there. TJ coming down, I don't know what you guys think about that. I kind of think like, oh, I'm going in He's there to kill the division. Yeah. I kind of think he, the UFC kind of in the back of their mind. They may have not have said it to TJ or they may have said it to him under the table, like sort of nudge, nudge, wink, wink, is that, yeah, we need you to go down there. We need you to win the fight. Not that they would have a, uh, you know, a, a dog in the fight to say it to, for that expression, but that they would sort of, you know, tell TJ, yeah, we kind of need you to win so to delegitimize the division, you know? Because then if Henry Cejudo wins, it sort of legitimizes the division says, hey, we got a contender here. we Not a contender, a champion, here. a pound-for-pound champion here that... Well, it's not deep enough. Though. You know, but that, like I, I, like you said, yeah, it's, this is not deep enough. I'm, I the UFC mean, is mostly, I think, the most, like the one, the, like divisions that they pay attention to the most, in my opinion, is the heavyweight. No, no, the, the number one is the lightweight because of Connor. Yep. Then I would say it might be the heavyweight, and then welterweight. 
Yeah, I those think are the m- since John Jones left the the what's the division? Light heavyweight has been like. I mean, it's it's a weird dynamic yeah. though. The whole like just thinking about it, the dynamic between Mighty Mouse and the UFC that was going on. Like, Mighty Mouse felt like he wasn't getting promoted enough and marketed it properly. The UFC felt that there wasn't a market for flyweights. They wanted to pigeonhole him. I mean, for me personally, I'm no expert, but I just think it's both sides. I kind of, th- I mm-hmm. kind of. That's why I'm, I'm on the fence now that I think it was like. Well, get it, even getting, see even the getting sides back to it. Points, yeah. Even getting back to it. I mean, like, my, like, look at what One FC is already doing for Mighty Mouse too. They already st- started that esports initiative. Mm-hmm. Mighty Mouse is like one of the biggest gamers, in, uh, like gaming fans in the world right now. He's always on his Twitch live streaming his um his plays. So. At the end of the day, it just goes back to showing that how much appreciative they are to have him there. And, like, fans of Mighty Mouse are going to go watch him compete regardless, I think. Because, like you, like you said, Marcus, like, he himself built that division. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be watching his fights in yeah, one FC. Rega- yeah, the hardcores. Yeah, the hardcores. Regardless of what, who, uh, wherever he ends up, we're going to be watching Mighty Mouse and seeing how he fares because we can appreciate his talent. You know, and, th- and that's a good point, too. And, th- and now the more that I think about it, I'm... I sort of have the philosophy of when when the UFC just mar- markets themselves in a way that's for the I wouldn't say the hardcore but for the the niche, you know, just marketing it towards the niche towards, you know, the the fan that tunes in every week. It doesn't necessarily have to be hardcore, but the fan that's going to tune in every week. I feel like the casuals will come in. Now I get it. Now that they need to see return on that investment. WME and IMG even before that, they need to see sort of their return on bringing in f- the flyweight division. But I feel like you got to somehow stick with it. And they could have done a lot of different things. They had Mighty Mouse a lot on the Fox cards, the free cards. And I think putting them as a co-main event, which I brought up one time to Yusuf, is putting them as a co-main event like they did with Joanna, like they did with the women's divisions. A lot of, w- besides Ronda Rousey, a lot of, a lot of women's... F- a lot of women's fighters and a lot of women's title fights, and particularly the strawweights, is which the div- the second division they brought in. They, a lot of the times, put them as co-main events on big pay-per-view cards, and that's going to bring in the uh, that audience. That's why they put put Israel on the New York card for UFC 230s because now that was sort of his coming out party. You had a lot of eyes watching DC on that fight. Same thing, champ, champ. Which is why DC got the title shot. He was on the Connor and Khabib card, so that whole viral "my balls is hot" might not have been as viral. Because they had a they had a big audience on because that card. Because they had a huge audience, two point six million or whatever it was. So that's where I think the UFC went wrong, and I'm kind of like I said, as I divulge more into my points, I kind of sort of see, you know, which side maybe to take and. I'm kind of on the side now where I think the UFC could have done a better job. Not to say that, you know, they don't have a right to scrap the division. They do. You know, I mean, there wasn't a market. They could say they tried, but I feel like, you know, they could have improved. There was always going to be room for improvement there, too. But at the end of the day, I think the two main parties who got traded, Askren and Mighty Mouse, they're happy. And as long I just hope that um, these guys are still able to compete because at the end of the day, it's their craft. We all have our daily lives mm-hmm. we all have our, our own crafts that we just want to continually improve upon fr- on a day-to-day basis and i hope these guys just get compensated for that but like you said with um um israel his coming out party can we talk about him for a moment because yeah, yeah we can definitely move he over was to ufc 230 fantastic yeah 
absolutely fantastic there. I didn't. I was or, originally going with Brunson for you that Brunson fight. Brunson was going to win. I, I'm a, I'm low. Yeah, I'm low a Brunson fan. I thought Brunson would put up more of a, a difficulty. To be honest with you, I didn't think Brunson would win, but I saw a way for him to win. But the moment the fight started, there was no way. There was no way for him to win that fight. That's where I think sort of was the the turning of the tide and the coming out party for Israel was that before the fight, you can make arguments of why Brunson might win, might use his wrestling, might make it a gritty fight, ground and pound. But Israel's, yeah, and that's and that's who is he's com- been compared too. to, right? He's, he's a fun fighter to watch. Like, he's not... J- Definitely the breakout star, yeah. He's unique. That's why he's he's unique. And I feel like he's just going to go to the top. He's going to be up. He's probably the next big star in the UFC. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. He's the next breakout star moving into UFC 230 and post UFC 230, I think. I mean, I don't know who the UFC is going to line up with him next. But, I mean, for him to absolutely destroy a guy like Derek Brunson, yeah. who's fought Machida, who yeah. actually knocked him Machida out. Yep. And who's fought the likes of Whitakers and, and different sort of fighters at the top of the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, give an example. Anthony Pettis, his first fight in the UFC was against Clay Guida. Mm-hmm. And he ended up losing that fight by decision. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting taken down, mauled, round and pound. Th- I th- that's where I thought might happen to Israel. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, this might be the fight where, you know, he has to go back to the drawing board a little bit maybe. or mm-hmm. None of that. And, and that's where I think yeah. he's going to become... I don't want to say always, like, you know? yeah, Dana's always saying that he's lo- we're always looking for the next big star. I was watching his post-fight conference after the entire event was done and he's just a f- he's just a naturally funny guy. Yeah. I mean like a lot of uh, like he'll definitely be drawing in a lot of like uh, the like us the hardcore fans, but I think a lot of casual fans too are going to be saying, "Wow, this guy is actually really funny." Like he's cracking jokes at the post-conference. He's saying like he's talking smack to Brunson in a way that is not der- like insulting, derogatory, but just like fun banter. And I'm like, "This guy's going to catch on quick." As for who's he's going to fight, he's middleweight, right? Yeah. So, I'm thinking the the rumor going around the mill was that it's going to be either Romero or Costa. And I thought it was going to be Romero first, mm-hmm. but now Romero is rumored to be scheduled up against Anderson yeah, Silva. Yeah, he wants to fight Anderson. Which from yeah, I mean yeah. A money grab. Yeah, um for sure, but I'd like to see um Stylebender and and um Costa. I mean like that's a fun matchup. Good fight. Who do you want to see uh him up against? Who do you think is a good In matchup? Middleweight? Yeah. Uh I have a guy in mind, but let's see. What I was gonna got. say Chris Weidman. That might be a good fight, but or Chris Weidman. That'd be a good fight too. That's a good point too. Him yeah. and Luke Rockhold. I mean, Luke Rockhold needs a fight, but he then again, I mean, Luke Rockhold against Weidman is still a fight that you can make. For me, just just sort of the way Jacare beat Weidman, I feel like Jacare. That was a dog bro. fight. Do- Jacare and, and Stylebender would be a great fight because again. You're throwing a guy who has great, and I mean, Weidman and Stylebender would be a great fight too, but I mean, Weidman's coming off his last three out of his four fights being knocked out or stopped. Two of them in his home state. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, Weidman, if Stylebender beats Weidman, a lot of people will say, well, you know, Weidman's on the decline, you know, I mean, which is still going to be a good fight for him to build his resume. And he's Weidman is a former champion who beat Anderson twice. But I mean... For me personally, I want to see Stylebender against Jacare, sort of that next tier, because Jacare, by that win, just showed that he's probably the gatekeeper of the top tier. The striking in that fight will be like next level, man. Yeah, that was a dogfight. So for me, I kind of want to see 
Israel against Sty- um sorry, Israel against Jacare because I do think that would be a good fight. And Jacare on the ground, right? He has True. That I was ju- going to mention that, that. right? Yep. Like mm-hmm. he's a, there's a reason mm-hmm. he's called Jacare, right? He, Which is why I was so impressed with Jacare standing with Weidman the in- almost the entire like like Yusuf was saying, he was just a complete zombie so in that. Th- I think that might be yeah. a good fight because Jacare's not mm-hmm. claiming he might mm-hmm. deserve a shot by the by a certain time. Mm-hmm. Stylebender's kind of going back and forth. Just talking about the middleweight division, it's pretty that's coming style, along yeah, nicely. It's, it's coming along nicely. We haven't even gotten to the champ who's facing Gastelum, I think. That's um, what I mean. So we got a lot of yeah. good fights coming up. Yeah, up. we do, really do. What about, uh, I want to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Yair Rodriguez's knockout is the greatest knockout of all time? Uh, See, I think... I I think I it's the most. I think it's the most unique knockout because I've I never seen. I kind of agree with that. And I've I never see seen anything like that. I see why people bring it up, because of the the circumstance, with one second left, the yeah. technique that he used, the whatever you want to call up elbow. He's been pra- he yeah, and he and said he, he was just practicing exactly. that in the gym when he saw Cerrone training. I mean, like who th- who like how do you get that? And it it was all the more celebrated because it was that specific. I think fight it's night. right up there. But for me, the greatest knockout in UFC history. Yeah, is Hendo against Bisbing. That for me. That one, yes. And then yep. the when uh, when Anderson knocked out uh, Belfort with the that too. The See, that's kick. right up there when he front kicked. That's him like in a the signature. Face. I feel like that was like a signature like knockout. And there's more on the line. I feel like yeah. in those ones, there's more on the line. But I do think it's right up there with one yeah. of the greatest knockouts of all time. I don't know if you can consider that the greatest knockout. I'm of definitely going to agree and say it's the most unique too. But I think I was going to agree with Marcus and say that he- the hen- the H bomb on Bisping that was to me that's the greatest knockout of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I when when I look at a fighter, I I like guys that bring something new to the table. Like Anderson Silva, like his striking never ever mm-hmm. seen like anything like that. Like GSP, how he dominates his opponent. Five rounds. He goes crazy. Uh who else? Uh I even like uh what's John his name? Jones. John yeah. Jones brought something new. Those are the fighters that like like fans can be like, whoa! I'll pay attention whenever this guy is is fighting because you never know what he's gonna do. Or Pettis, I like when Pettis was in uh, in WEC. That's where he got like. That's where after I saw that fight, that's where I was like, I need to pay more attention to MMA. After I saw what he did, yeah. So yeah, that's I like guys like that that bring something new to the table. And what we saw from uh, Yair, that was. That, was, that was something. And now it's like, where do you go with Yair now? Because now you have, now that broke into the mainstream, right? Like I said, I don't look like looking at it as a business, but I know the UFC does. So I'm kind of going to sort of put their cap on well, I know, and I know, think to myself, I know what's me next? And, I know me and Marcus were excited about this fight a couple months ago when yep. Yair had to, was, uh, yeah, Zabit. Yeah. I'd like to see Zabit and Yair, uh, Yair match up. I think that's going to be an amazing stand-up um, for the ages. I feel like that would be a great fight, too. Yeah. And, I mean, whether one guy loses or one guy doesn't, it's still, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I they're kind young, of like they're it. hungry. I kind of like would compare it to when the UFC matched up Ryan Bader and John Jones. Yeah. I mean, those two guys were both undefeated at the time, and that was sort of the crossroads. Like, I mean, and look at Ryan Bader now. You didn't really kill off Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader's doing pretty well in About Bellator, be right? Champ, a Bellator, he maybe, could be, he you know. Fedor. He could be the heavyweight Grand Prix winner. Though. So, I mean. What if, what if, what if they did, like, a champion versus champion? Like, the champion, like, Ryan Bader versus DC. 
Yeah, I mean, that fight's long gone, though. The problem with that is, w. obviously, Vader's in Bellator. Yeah. Vader's in Bellator. They're not going to co-promote with Bellator. That's why I'm and thinking, like, I think it would be DC, sick if you did, like, a cross. DC says he's only got one or two fights left in him. And yeah, one of them, he's he only, wants only, Brock. And, and he wants and, Brock so bad. And I watched his interview with Complex. I know it's Complex, but so I watched it. He, he did, like, a little, like, like interview with them. And, and he's, like, he doesn't re- – he's not really – He's looking to make money, basically. So yeah. he's like, I'm. He's like to to Stipe. He goes, you're the la- his his last few pay per view uh, like numbers is is not really that high. He goes, I like I don't want that. He goes, I want Brock Lesnar and I want uh, who else? Who's gonna be last his, his, his last fight? John Probably John and Jones. That's where I was that's gonna ask thing. pose a question to you guys, and I don't know. For me personally, I kind of got my own sort of opinion on it. Do you think? Because of how far DC's come, he is the double champ. He's defended the heavyweight belt now, so he's he became the first. Belts. He became the first double champ to defend both belts or both titles, and he defended the heavyweight belt while still he still has technically the light heavyweight title. So my question would be to you guys, and I can sort of chime in too, is do you think that DC needs to fight John Jones again, whether it's light heavyweight or heavyweight, doesn't matter. To me, do you think he needs to fight him one more time and to be the GOAT, to be the greatest of all time? Because people are calling him the greatest of all time. I have him right up there now. And I yeah. do think if he beats John Jones, he is the greatest fighter of all time. You can't deny it. He you has, can't deny You got to think about it. He has one loss under his record, mm-hmm. and that loss came to John Jones. Yep. And if you're a fighter, you always want to to avenge that loss. Like GSP, reason why GSP will always be my GOAT mm-hmm. is because he had that one, I would say, embarrassing loss to Matt Serra. It was like a it was like a shock. They're like, how did he lose to Matt Serra? Yeah. And then after he comes back and he absolutely destroys Matt Serra. But I feel like this one's a different beast because Matt Serra's can't really compare Matt Serra yeah. to John Jones. And John Jones, you finally want to see him fight clean. And DC, obviously, you know he he's. I don't think he's gonna have a I problem do, fighting clean. Like I said, I I do think that fight. But has he to needs happen. to. Like I feel like in order for him to cement his legacy as the goat, whether he, he wants to, to agree with it or not, and I I f- do feel bad for DC because one man should not dictate your legacy, your career, your life, because fighting is his life. These fighters, this is their life. Like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, is why we love the sport so much, and what we came to realize while watching the sport. But I do think. Yeah. He needs to. F- he needs to fight John Jones. One I'm gonna more time. be the. I'm gonna take the contrarian route and say yeah. the, and say the opposite. I just look at DC stats for 2018. Yeah. He, I thought Volka um um Ozdemir was Had gonna a, he was, was gonna threat, be yeah. the next biggest threat. Stopped. I thought Stipe was the Stipe is to me up there with one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Yeah. I thought he was gonna be the ultimate test, and honestly, I thought I had him winning against DC. A lot he of knocks did, him yeah. out in the first, and now and he became he defends Derek Lewis. He's champ champ, and his 2018 stats speak for itself. Does he need to be John Jones to be considered the goat? Personally, I don't think so. No, because I'm looking at it from the perspective of DC and also fans too. Like he has already solidified himself. Like you said, he's defended both belts now. Um, done before, and. I don't think he has any intention, really, of coming back to fight but John the, Jones. See, the problem is, is when you compare John Jones and the greatest of all time debate, which I kind of don't think you should, but I know people are. I because I don't, 
for me personally, I'm under the assumption, and not even under the assumption, I'm under the opinion that if you fail a drug test, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt the first time, especially if you don't, they, which they never do. Well, with but Bones, it's a fool me once, shame yeah, on you, fool me twice, exactly. I'm not, so not going to the second time. So I think Jones basically you know, disqualified his, but himself. But he did beat DC, and he didn't test positive in that first fight, and he beat him pretty easily. I mean... Yeah, he went to a decision. He didn't stop yeah, like the second was, fight, mm-hmm. which ended up becoming a no contest mm-hmm, because a of no the contest, failed yep. test. Mm-hmm. But he beat him. Mm-hmm. And for me as a competitor, yeah, I and no, I for me, a lot of there's us have no that same argument. Train of thought. Mm-hmm. You can't make an argument that DC is better than or deserves to be the go over John Jones if he does not beat him, because John Jones has that win over him. That one win, not the two that a lot of people are saying. That one win. So for me, I don't understand, you know, why he wouldn't want to fight him that one time. I do and I don't because you, I mean, that's going to eat at him, I think, as a competitor. But DC needs to hope that John Jones needs to, he needs to beat uh, Gustafson, which is coming up next. Yeah. Gustafson first, and you saw how they fought in the first fight. I know, that is a dog fight in Toronto. But I think if Jones comes and wins the light heavyweight title because I think it's en- going to end up being for the light heavyweight title. Yeah, it is. It is. So DC is going to relinquish the belt the minute that fight starts. The minute, or not the minute, the moment that John Jones, if he wins, I think that is going to be one of the biggest fights in UFC history. Oh, yeah. You put John Jones, because I don't agree, I don't the think whole, DC is coming back down story. to 205. I think if John Jones and DC fight one more time, it's going to be at heavyweight. Yeah, for sure. So why not have John Basically, Jones the, his attempt at becoming the greatest of all yeah. time? Think how you can market this fight. Think put a, put your marketing hat. The greatest of all, the fight for the goat status. Yeah, that's you what I was gonna John say. John Jones. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have John Jones, the light heavyweight champion, the man with the only defeat on Daniel Cormier's record, Undef- quote unquote undefeated with you know quotation marks. John Jones, this machine that many people have considered the greatest of all time, facing DC, a double champion, a man who had both belts, who's defended both titles, Mm -hmm. and John Jones is coming for that double champ status as well. And if he beats DC, he'll have two wins over him. I think a lot of fans... Yeah, of course. I like I agree with that. It might not do as much numbers, but it doesn't matter. Like I said, from a peer's perspective, which is where we gotta get back to, because like I said, I've been veering off and getting into the business. I do think that's gonna that's gonna be the greatest fight of all time. Yeah, the the way that you can like to market that fight, it's I think it's it should be a hit. And it makes perfect sense. Do you? I'll ask you the question, Yusuf. Do you think D- DC needs to fight John Jones one more time? Do I you think, think he needs to? I think yes. I think he needs to. He needs to avenge that one loss. That's right. And then I after, mean, yeah. because he's almost he's forty years old, he needs to. He's he needs doesn't have fight. much. That is left. the Ali Frazier. He of can't go back. The UFC. He can't go back and like like say a couple years from now when he's retired, be like, oh, I want to come back to the into the and fight. And you can't make the. Uh, he can't. As much as he might want to, as much as people might give him the benefit in doing that, 
me personally as a fan, I can't sit here and make a valid argument that DC is the greatest of all time if he doesn't fight John Jones one more time with the opportunity yeah, to something. do so. And there's an opportunity to do so. Forget Brock Lesnar. Fight John Jones. I, I don't agree with this whole Brock Lesnar calling out thing. I don't like it. It's another money grab. Fight John Jones at heavyweight. You're not going back down to, to 205. You've already ballooned up to almost 250. He weighed in, I think, 245 the last uh, against Derek Lewis, which he absolutely destroyed. Which, I mean, there's not much analysis to get into that. I knew what was Go. the result of that. that yeah, was, that I was, called the. That was like I called in my opinion. That was like Connor and Khabib. Ended up being the second. Yeah. That was like Connor and Khabib. Exactly. I was like, I knew what was gonna happen. So why not fight John Jones one more time? I mean, just you need. If I was in DC's corner, I'd be telling him, don't let this define your career and define your life. But you need to fight John. Yeah, Jones. Yeah, when I look at DC now, something just like I understand he's a champ, champ. He has two titles, but something. Something just feels empty with him. And I feel like I know why. It's because of, of John Jones. Now, just sort of to wrap it up, I guess, quote yeah. debates. Yeah. Yep. You can... <laughs> I know I would never, and we would never, throw Donald Cerrone's name in the quote debate. Fan favorite quote debate, maybe. Very like big as a, fan favorite. And he's one of my favorites. Hats off to But he Cerrone. does have yep. the most wins Mm-hmm. And the most finishes mm-hmm. in UFC history. Outstanding, outstanding. Great performance against Mike Perry, which I don't know. And I was even screaming at my TV because yeah. I, I, I did want Cerrone to win. But when Mike Perry gained the position on Cerrone, I was like, okay, get up. And then he got reversed. Yeah. Cerrone ended up on top. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now see, that's why. Then on top, it yeah. gets on top again. And I'm like, okay, why are you in his guard? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I kind of saw that whole thing play out. Mm-hmm. Good for Cerrone. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad blood there. Yeah, even in spite of all the drama that was happening at Winkle John, too, I'm just overall really happy for Cerrone to be back in, adding another W to his win column. Like, that was really fantastic so I to think, see. Yeah, so I think that was sort of a great sort of recap of yep. all the events that went down. Great and way to commemorate the 25th anniversary. As well, fantastic. yeah. And just sort of to wrap up, I uh, we got the UFC, we got the UFC fight... Uh, Fight card in Toronto coming up. We got Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega, which we Big fight. will try to get in a uh, podcast in between because we the next. sort of took a month little break, schedule conflicts. Guys were down with the flu, including myself. Yeah. <laughs> so Flu bug. So, uh, yeah, we, we sort of should kind of tee struggle. that up. And then also we do have now our Instagram page up and running, Fightonomics, where we'll post uh, – we're going to start getting p- some clips up, some analysis up, some breakdowns, some facts, some news. So we're going to start – in the coming months, hit that follow button. Get that. Uh, get subscribe that page. on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube as well. Fightonomics, the Twitter, the whole that Fightonomics. We got we're covering the whole nine yards. So our Twitter, Instagram, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us. Keep up. Like, comment, tell your friends. We're all there. All right, boys. Great second episode. It was lit. And uh, we'll be back, sort of, to tee up. I'm sure there's going to be more news coming out, more interviews. The flyweight division might we might find out an answer to there and. Uh, Yeah, let's kick off with the uh, preview of Toronto next. Yes, sir.